Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Tuesday Drive. Boy, it's a wintry-looking day. It's not terribly cold. I mean, it's 60-something, but it just looks like winter outside. We're we're about to get some rain, which, you know, we could probably use the rain. But we're going to get some rain here over the next uh, two or three days. But it looks like everything should be out by the weekend in time for Auburn's final non-conference game of the season as they host New Mexico State on uh, Saturday. And uh, we'll talk about that, but obviously we'll continue talking about this past weekend's performance, uh, Auburn's best all-around performance of the season in football against Arkansas, that 48-10 win. We'll also talk about Auburn basketball, 1-1, headed up to New York, and we'll open up uh, a tournament against Notre Dame on Uh, Thursday, and joining me here in the studio in a little while will be the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. Andy will will not be making the trip to New York. He was saying that uh, the team is flying commercial, and he tried to find flights back, but he couldn't get a flight back since Auburn will play, you know, Thursday and Friday. Now, if they win against Notre Dame, they'd play at 6 o'clock on Friday, if they lose that uh, ball game Thursday night, they'd play earlier in the day. I think it's a uh, 3.30 um, start, but it would be earlier in the afternoon. But anyway, the team's flight plans would not allow him to be back. And he said even checking red eyes, things like that, the, the quickest he could make it back to Auburn would be around 2 o'clock on Saturday. And that's not going to work with a 3 o'clock kickoff. They'd like Andy there for the pregame. It would almost he, – he can't do what I almost had to do today. I almost had to do the first segment of the show from the car. It would literally have been the drive, the drive in to the drive. Because, uh, yeah, there was a couple of traffic jams, had to re retrace my route. And, I mean, I made it in – right at 4 o'clock. Unfortunately, we have the uh, the ESPN update. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Andy will be in. We'll get his thoughts on both basketball and football. Love for you to join in as well. And you can do so by calling the Drive Hotline, presented by Skybar, and that number is 334-321-1390. Um, you can also text us on the Drive text box, Brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, who also sponsor the podcasts of the show every day. And uh, the text box number is 334-564-1840. No Dan today. He is down in Troy. The uh, Troy women's basketball team 
with a, I think he said it's a 5.15, or maybe that's airtime. But uh, he has basketball duties today. So uh, Dan will be back in tomorrow. So it's me here solo. Drew, of course, at the controls. And like I said, Andy, Andy will be joining me here uh, in hour number one. He's going to come into the studio. And then in the second hour, as we usually do, we'll talk with Jake Crane of Crane & Company at around 5.30. So, you know, until then, love to hear from you. Anything on your mind, if you didn't get a chance to get through yesterday to talk about uh, either Auburn football or basketball or anything going on, um, you know, more speculation as to who could be next in line at Texas A&M or at Mississippi State. One of the guys Dan mentioned yesterday, uh, there was there was a bit of a uh, flurry today on social media as Jamie Chadwell of Liberty had uh, tweeted out, um, you know, looking forward to seeing folks Wednesday on his call-in show, and somebody had posted a tag, a location tag of Starkville, Mississippi, but I believe that was just added. Um, either a Mississippi State fan or somebody wanting to get Mississippi State fans fired up, but I'll tell you what, they could do a whole lot worse. I just wonder if Jamie Chadwell would be ready to leave Liberty in one year for Mississippi State. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see, but I mean, there haven't been as many names mentioned, obviously, for Mississippi State as there have been for the Texas A&M job. Uh, and again, Mike, o Mike Elko's name continues to be the, the one that gets the most buzz. He was asked about uh, that possibility yesterday at his weekly press conference at Duke, and he said what you would expect the coach to say, how happy he is where, where he is, that he, they have a lot of things that they still have to accomplish. I mean, it's coach speak. It's, uh, that, that's, that's the kind of thing you're going to get from coaches. I know a lot of folks said, man, Dan Lanning was very um, adamant about not leaving Oregon when, when he was asked about that. And, and, and let's face it, coaches need to be believable when they say that. Most of them are. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, that one you wonder, Dan Lanning may be in a situation to be more competitive in the Big Ten from Oregon. The travel's going to be ridiculous, but he may be in position to be more competitive in the Big Ten than he would be at Texas A&M and the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. Anyway, we can talk about that. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, I mentioned Dan's not here. That sounds like a, sounds like a Cheech and Chong bit. No, da Dan's not here, man. Uh, no, Dan is Dan is on the phone. Dan, Dan. Yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm on the outskirts of Troy. So if the uh, oh, I was doing I was if, doing if, I was doing the Dave. I was doing the knocking on the door for Dave. Hey man, oh, oh Dave. no, Dan's here. Hey Dan man. is absolutely here, bud. But um, but no, it's uh. Yeah, no, it's a, you know caught a little bit of rain here on the uh, on the end of my drive into Trojan Arena. Yeah, there's uh, been a lot of rain yeah. south. There's no question. It, it's headed this way eventually. Yeah, and if folks folks in the uh, in the Wiregrass area, you know, doubleheader tonight at Trojan Arena, the uh, the, the women and then the, the men uh, playing right afterward against uh, a school. I'm not terribly familiar with Troy's. Uh, the, the women are hosting Stanford. I know that school very well. The men are hosting like Rhinequest or something. I, I, I don't. 
If you if you right, want to pull that's... up, I'm driving. So Spell I it R H or R I. I think there's an R E. R E I N. Like R. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's right. You can you can check up on Troy's men's basketball's opponent tonight and uh, and correct me on that. I believe the mascot is a bird of some kind. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking an eagle, uh, but but that's uh, that, that's I'm, I'm not I'm not terribly familiar. But there no, should be some great basketball at Trojan Arena. Looking forward to it. Troy's women only play four home non-conference games. Bill, wow, and that's how Yeah, they, they've got. Um, you know, they've got games at Tennessee, at Georgia, at Iowa State. Uh, we're going to go to a tournament in uh, Clarksville uh, around the holiday season. Uh, there, there are some, some good opponents on this schedule. But, yeah, this is the second of only four non-conference home games for the Troy women uh, now between now and, uh, and the start of conference play at the end of December. It's Reinhardt, the Reinhardt University Eagles. Okay, I got the bird part and the rhyme. And the rhyme, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because right, I I, when I, when I typed in anything Quist, it went Judge William Rehnquist? And it's like, no, yeah, no. I, I don't think he has a college named after him, at least yet. So I had the I had the, the rhyme, but not the reason, Bill. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, I, I was, Bill, I was thinking about a call we had yesterday. Scott Bagwell uh, talked to me about this earlier today, too. And so... The, the, the hypothetical that the playoff committee could be dealing with, right, if, if certain things break the right way or the wrong way, depending on how you look at it, hypothetically speaking, Bill, um, like let's say, for example, that Michigan, Florida State, and Washington win out. And you've got three 13 and 0 conference champions on the board. Yeah, we were, as a matter of fact, we, Scott and I talked about that a little earlier today as well. Let's, okay, so let's let's say for simplicity's sake, you've got three undefeated conference champions from the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. They'd have to be in, and, yeah. And then, then you got a bunch. Imagine, you got a bunch of possibilities with one loss. Well, well, let's let's imagine for a second that one loss Alabama beats undefeated Georgia yep. in Atlanta in the SEC championship game, and one loss Texas wins the Big 12. So you would have a 12-1 and Alabama team that hasn't lost since Texas beat them and just beat Georgia. You would have a 12-1 and Georgia team that didn't lose until the SEC championship game. And you would have a 12-1 and Texas team that beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and there would be one spot. And you know what else there would be? There would be a an eleven and one Ohio State that if they lost a close game to Michigan as the number one team, how far would they fall? I I don't think that they would get in over a one loss conference champion. I think that I just I just wonder Alabama, if it were we 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 discussed it. I just wonder if it were like a last second or Ohio State was the appeared to be the dominant team and Michigan somehow won. On the last second, would they drop down below those other schools? I just don't know if they would. It's like we were saying with Jaden Daniels. I think being inactive on conference championship game weekend is a killer in that regard. I think that if that happened to Ohio State, a one-loss Big 12 or SEC champion would have the ability that would be more recent 
them winning the conference championship game while Ohio State was sitting at home watching Michigan win the Big Ten. I just think that it would be – it's going to be really tough if not – I mean, if things collapse, that's one thing. But I'm not even thinking about 11-1 and Ohio State. I'm imagining you've got one spot for Alabama, Georgia, and Texas. How about this one? How about, how about this one, Dan? Let's let's mix it up a little bit more. Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 title game, so you've got uh, two undefeated teams and then four one-loss teams or five one-loss teams who've all beaten each other or have wins over one of the other teams that's there with them to fill two spots. I think an Oregon win could be disastrous in that situation because I think it could give them an out. It could give the committee a reason to bump out both Pac-12 teams. Like, I think oh, I think that would be and that would be terrible if they did that. If, if Washington at thirteen and zero is you know if they finish at thirteen and zero, they cannot be left out. But yeah, I but if if Oregon, if Oregon, I mean, if Oregon, who should who I think should have beaten Washington the first time they played beats them again and gets left out, uh, and and there are no more than two undefeated teams, they don't make one of the final two spots, then uh, uh, I, I don't know. But if you've got, but if you've got a one-loss Alabama, a one-loss Georgia, and a one-loss Texas. Whose strength of schedule is, is the best in that group? I, I it's don't not know Georgia's. No, I think that well, maybe after the win over Ole Miss, Georgia has, has taken a boost because now they've got wins over Ole Miss and Missouri, which are both nice wins on the uh, on the ranking. Yeah, and they're Alabama, both they're both at home, right? I don't I don't know off the top of my head who in the top twenty five LSU beat, uh, besides LSU Alabama. and Ole Miss. Oh, okay, well, well, I'm talking about Texas. Oh, Texas. I'm thinking like Texas is. Texas and Texas has lost, has come to a two-loss Oklahoma. Right, Texas beat Alabama. I don't know who else in the top twenty-five tonight. So Texas, Texas, Texas probably has the worst loss of, the worst of, loss, of those teams. I don't, know, I don't know if they have as many. I don't know if they have as many needles. Yeah, I don't know. Wins and the Pac-12 has been has teams. been hyped all year long. So that's why I'm but just saying it'd did. be tough to leave a Pac-12 team out. But Texas did beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I know, but then they went and lost to a two-loss Oklahoma team in a neutral site. I, I, I just think <laughs> the, the beauty pageant, the beauty pageant between Alabama, Georgia, and Texas, if they're all twelve and one, and there's one spot for the three of them, would be the biggest mess in the short history of the college football. Team. Oh yeah, because, because you would have two excellent teams, two teams capable of winning the national championship that would have to miss out on the college football playoff. Well, let's hope something like that happens. Actually, let's hope that uh, Auburn just screws it all up by beating Alabama. Well, I think there's, I think there are Auburn fans that want to hear there's a real chance that Alabama and Georgia both miss the playoff. Well, the best way and for that to happen is for Auburn to beat Alabama and then Alabama to beat Georgia. That's the, that's right. the you, best way for both of them not to make it. And you'd probably – Still need the committee to decide that twelve and one Georgia doesn't deserve to get in. Well, if there is, if if there were, all right, if you then had Washington, um, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, and let's see, how, how can how, well that was you know Shane's Shane's point yesterday was that it would be awful if Georgia lost the SEC championship game and then got in over a Texas team that went twelve and one 
won the Big Twelve and beat Alabama. Right. Right. If you took if you took a twelve and one Georgia team that didn't win the SEC over a twelve and one Big Twelve champion, there would be an outcry over favoritism and what have you. Um, and, and it would. I think there's a Georgia Texas game on the schedule next year, right? Yes, there is. <laughs> Maybe that would make would make that one pretty interesting. Uh, but that. I mean, I just wonder if. I wonder if Georgia is. If they go into SEC championship game weekend twelve and zero, I wonder if there's going to be a realistic scenario where they miss. Where it the doesn't playoffs. matter. Unless unless Alabama's there at eleven and one fighting for the same spot. Yeah, well, that that could be. I mean, it's um, we, we'll see. I mean, usually, it, it, you know, it's been amazing that so many times the BCS or the CFP has been helped out by an upset or two down the stretch, and we'll see. We'll see if anything like that happens here in the next couple every, of weeks. Every week, every weekend, we go without those upsets, right? It gets yep. more and more likely. That is right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I gotta. I gotta go. I gotta go ahead and build. All right. Appreciate it, Dan. Have a good broadcast. See you tomorrow. Talk to you guys, talk to you guys soon. Give Andy my best. All right. Will do. Yeah. Andy should be in here. By the way, the the Troy men are playing Reinhardt. I did not know Reinhardt's a private university in Waleska, Georgia. Did not know that. Uh, let me see if I can find what the size of the school is. It's a uh, affiliated with the United Methodist Church. Uh, let me see. I do not see what the the enrollment, the current enrollment is, but uh, there you go. So it's it's not too far, not too far away. It says it has an off-campus center in Alpharetta and offers some programs in Cartersville, Marietta, and Canton. So uh, that that's that's uh, who the Troy men will be playing after uh, Dan gets done with the uh, Troy women's game. Barry will take over there. All right, we will get to. I tell you what, before we get to our first break. Yellowhammer's been hanging on, so we'll get to him before we get to our first break. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. So, real quick, uh, regarding your conundrum over all those teams, uh-huh. just default to the numbers, uh, power rating and strength of schedule. And well, I'm that's, sure that's what they'd that. have to do because, yeah, in the, in the scenario that, was, uh, that Dan was talking about that Scott Bagwell had mentioned this morning, you'd have three one-loss teams who had all beaten each other. Texas beating Alabama, Alabama beating Georgia in that scenario. Uh, no, yeah. Texas beating Alabama, Alabama beating Georgia, but Georgia didn't play Texas. So, no, I thought there, I thought there was a way there were three. But uh, how, would, yeah, how would that get handled if uh, Georgia were beaten by Alabama and Alabama were beaten by Texas? Who do you leave out? That's, that's the well, toughest well, thing. Well, back to the numbers, just well, the strength of schedule. Strength of schedule would probably favor Alabama in that scenario. Probably yeah, they, would. They have, yeah, would. Uh, darn it. Yep. <laughs> Everyone else will howl. But anyway, there we are. Thanks, but Appreciate it. All right, we will get to our first break of the afternoon. Voice of the Tigers. Andy Burcham joins me when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. The afternoon. You can tell when Andy gets here, the studio lights up. Literally. Literally. Literally does. I was told by my optometrist, because I wear multifocal contacts. Mm-hmm. And I said, I really have trouble sometimes when it gets darker. He says, yes, the multifocal part. Oh, okay. So I was told by my optometrist. I was told <laughs> yesterday. I'm also getting older. So Brett, there you Brett are. told me yesterday. That uh, uh, he's, the, I know he's everybody. The same guy. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. Uh, he, but but yeah, he was telling me yesterday that I have. This is crazy. I have 
good news since I'm I'm retiring and and will be moving to another insurance. Sure. The good news, and this is crazy, folks. The good news is there are tiny cataracts in my eyes. Oh my! And he said that's good because you won't need vision insurance because oh the you oh are know, it'll be covered. Yeah, it'll be oh, covered. Yeah. But I mean, I have I have a situation Hid, where hidden my, blessings there, my Bill. right eye. My right eye is a little far-sighted. My left eye is a little near-sighted, and it works out yeah. very good for me. I mean, I can read things at a distance because of the right eye, and then I can read things close to me because yeah. of the left eye. So, there you know, you, you know, I've, I've, been, I've never been balanced anyway, so you know, at least that one works point. out. <laughs> you doing all right? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you you, I, you I, logged I, some miles here yeah. in the last week. Yeah, since, since I was, well, since the last time I was in here, uh, went to to Sioux Falls last week. Joined you from Sioux Falls last sure. Tuesday by phone, on the hotline, and then uh, back in town for the Friday night game, the home opener against Southeastern. Thankfully, I was able to get a an Auburn University flight Saturday morning uh, out to Fayetteville. They took me right to the stadium. Yeah, there were there were folks going. Yeah, how's he going to make it? Yeah, and there was it was very. I, I'll be honest, I, I joke, I could get used to that. Oh, yeah. Because I got up, got to the airport in Auburn, Auburn University Regional Airport, got on the plane, had a very pleasant flight with great conversation uh, with some architects and engineers from Auburn that were going out to, to look at facilities mm-hmm. at Arkansas. And then I was at the stadium and did the game and then flew back with the team. Uh, I, I hate, and, and when I say this, I don't want it to come off the wrong way. I hate missing any games. Oh, I understand. I, I hate missing I'm, I'm, any I'm games. I'm sure, and, and that, it's and, gonna be tough. Gonna yeah. be tough this week. And and I hate missing the games in Brooklyn. Yeah, this week because one, it's gonna be two two really good games. It's at Barclays Center there in Brooklyn, which I'm told, Bill, I've not been able to confirm this. I was told by a guy when Auburn played there in 2019 that that's the site that the Dodgers were going to build on and move out of Ebbets Field. But, of course, that fell apart, and then they moved mm-hmm. to L.A. But where huh. they built Barclays Center was where the, the new Ebbets Field was going to be. That's what I was told I the last time that. we were there. Uh, so Brad Law and, and Randall Dickey will be there. I, I don't worry about the call. It'll be fantastic no. with Brad. I just hate missing just miss a game. that game with that team. And uh, but But there was... There was no opportunity for a red eye out of, of New York or that area, New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. or an early morning flight to get back in time. And, and when we had to book this, we didn't know if Auburn was playing an 11 o'clock game or a 3 o'clock game right. or an 8 o'clock game. And the earliest I could get back basically would be without any delays. Yeah, if everything went perfectly. Was, was getting back to Auburn just about the time for an 11 o'clock game. Well, you you can't take that chance. No. So we made the the decision that Brad would make the trip to Brooklyn. He's thrilled about it, by the oh, way, yeah. as I, I would be in his spot. And um and I'll be I'll be at the, the stadium on Saturday for Auburn New Mexico State and uh, and a bowl eligible Auburn football team. Yeah, looking for win number seven, which Absolutely. would just up their bowl status. No question. We we'll talk more about that and uh basketball and football, but let's get to the phones to the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar because Terry is hanging on. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill. Hey, Andy. How y'all doing? Hi, Terry. I don't care where the Dodgers are playing. I still don't like them. I don't care where <laughs> they would have played. Sure. I'll I, never I, like them. I understand. 
Um, Bill, uh, can you imagine the meltdown at the University of Texas if that happened? Because that's a lot of money and a lot of power if they got left out after they said, well, we beat Alabama. I'm still trying to get over the fact that Alabama won the national title without winning the Western, without winning the Western Division or the conference a couple of years back. Right. Well, I mean, who has the worst uh, – in that scenario, who has the worst loss? It's no question it's Texas. With a, with I agree. A loss to two, I agree with that. Uh, lost a two-loss Oklahoma. They need to beat them again, probably. They're going to need to beat a two-loss team um, to go 12-1. and one. I just uh, – there's there's a lot of power in the state of Texas, and that bunch would not be happy. Oh, you're not kidding. And welcome to the SEC, then. Come on in yeah. next year and take and see if they can take it out on, on SEC teams. The, what it's going to be, what it looks like very well could be, is a lot of folks saying – this is justification for anybody who had any question about going to a 12-team playoff. Good point. Good point. Andy, I want to ask you a question about the game Friday night. Okay. That center for southeastern Louisiana, was it? Big dude. Was, that who they played? I could, was he a monster? 6'11", 290. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he wasn't the quickest guy. but No, but and, and Coach Pearl, and with respect, was calling him big country uh, for the guy that, that was such a good player at Oklahoma State back in the day. Had a yeah, really Reeves, yeah. had a really nice yeah. touch. This he guy did. had a really nice touch uh, from the field and from the free throw line. And he shot a lot of free there. throws. Yeah, Auburn yeah. put him there a lot. Uh, but he was he's he's a good player for them. He when he is in, it takes away their transition game, mm-hmm. and their transition game is a major part of that offense. Now they didn't. Now, get does Auburn go- play? Go ahead. I'm sorry, Andy. No, go does back. Auburn play Purdue later on? And could that get them ready for that big man they got? Uh, Purdue is not on Auburn's schedule until possibly no, the postseason. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I couldn't remember. No, it's that, tough that enough guy, already. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. But that guy sounded like a monster when you gave the height and weight. I went sounds like a, a big center throwback to in you know, Ralph Sampson days. Quite honestly. Well, this guy, this guy took up some space. He was a load. Yeah, he, he took up some space as well. Yeah, you guys have a great day. Appreciate the call, Thanks, Terry. We will get to our bottom of the hour break. You can join in as well. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll continue with. Andy Bertram here in the studio on the Tuesday Drive. Experience and knowledge from the pros. On the Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Andy here in the studio. Got Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. 334-321-1390, and we'll get to the phones. And Spectre is up next. Hey, Spectre. Hey, Andy. Yes, Spectre. You got some influence in the athletic department, don't you? (laughs) That's debatable. More than you or I, Spectre. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would like to see if we can get some help recruiting a couple of recruiters. The names of Dam- uh, Damian Craig and uh, Travis Williams. Sure, they're both they're both be looking for jobs. And if we get Daniel Craig in here, Damian Craig, I'm sorry, not Daniel. Keep calling him Daniel. I don't know why. But anyway, there's there's a kid over actor. at Central. Yeah, there's a kid over at Central Phoenix City, named Cam Coleman, and uh, Damian is the one who actually recruited him to A and M. 
Yeah, I believe he was the lead recruiter there at A&M. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I will say both of those guys won't exactly be on the uh, unemployment for very long. They will they will, uh, they will. will have plenty of offers, but Auburn is their alma mater. I just, you know, there has to be room for them, though. That's right. That's right. We, we, we can make room, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we, have, we don't have a quarterback, quarterback coach as of a name. Uh, you've got three, but you've got three or four guys who are proven quarterback coaches right now. Absolutely, but you're right. Well, I'm just, I'm just giving him an office. I'm just absolutely giving him a, <laughs> giving him a title. Him that's the office. main. Yeah, that's that, that's what. Yeah, you mean. yeah. Recruiting is what we're we're interested in. If we get recruits in here and get them uh, motivated and get them trained, we can win games, and that's all what it's all about: is winning games. I think this. I, 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 well, I, I can't. There's some things I just can't comment on, uh, specifically recruiting at this point, other than to say I think that this staff is going, is certainly taking it. And it's about a year now. I mean, it's a year for uh, John Cohen as Auburn's athletic director, and it was mm-hmm. shortly thereafter that, that he hired Hugh Freeze. So I think in, the, in that 11 and a half months that Hugh Freeze has been on the job, I think he has shown that he and this staff can recruit and are and are continuing to recruit. And and it is a it is a vital yeah. it, it is a vital Absolutely. importance no to Hugh Freeze. Well, we, we we know that from the last 2 years how vital it is. Yeah. I have no doubt they can. I I'm just trying to get certain recruit in here for one and uh others to follow. But uh these two Auburn guys Craig and uh Williams we need them badly, and uh, if we can get them on board, we we lost we lost some good recruits when when Harson got in here, and it was a shame that we lost those recruits. Well, you're right. Not recruits. I'm recruiters. I'm talking well, about both. not recruits. Recruiters and recruits. Yeah, exactly. So anything to turn this around, and I, like I, like you said, I, I know they're doing a good job, but they're if we can get Coleman in here. I mean, our receiving core is is, is in dire straits. And uh, Coleman would be, along with Thompson, would be actually one on one side, one on the other, and let's go get them. I, I think Auburn has uh, realizes the need it, it has at wide receiver. Uh, That's agreed. all I can say. Agreed. And uh, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you another group that would wish that uh, Cam Coleman could uh, start his collegiate eligibility today. That would be Auburn High, who's got to head over there and play against them at yeah. Central Friday night. Yeah, well, I'll just close with this. Uh, Text, if you're listening, get on board, but son. All right, see you guys. Appreciate it, Spectre. I don't know the Tex wouldn't be on board with, you know, Auburn okay. continuing to to recruit and improve its recruiting. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, right now those guys do have jobs because it's not like the staffs have been let go. It's just, uh, well, actually – there hasn't been any change in Arkansas yet. And, and, you know, Andy, it seems I, like – I don't know if there will be, Bill, say, quite frankly. There was a lot of talk Sunday that that could be imminent, but it seems like what I've heard in the last day or so is that Arkansas is n- not in a rush to make that move. It, because if you thought you needed to make that move at the end of the season, there's no reason not to make it now no. with, with both the uh, Texas A&M and Mississippi State jobs open. Yeah, I, I I won't be shocked if there isn't a move at head coach at Arkansas, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I might be a little more surprised if they do at this point. But listen, they've I, been so, you know, 
toss out the Auburn game, and they've been so close. Well, all of their other losses have been one score. Mm-hmm. And then they picked up the win. Listen, I, I could not get a read on that game last Saturday going in. I just I couldn't get a feel for how that game was going to go. No, I was back and forth, but I thought it would be I didn't think it would something go. that we were nervous yeah. about in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I didn't think it would go the way that it did. But Auburn took control of that game on its first, the first three times it touched the ball mm-hmm. with its first two drives. And then, of course, the Keontae Scott, as it was, a 74-yard punt return for a touchdown. And it's 21 nothing. Midway in the blink through. of an yeah, eye. Yeah, before the midway point of the first yeah. quarter. So I was impressed with the way Auburn played in all three phases of the game. Special teams was extraordinary again and add the Keontae Scott punt return for the touchdown there. And then what Auburn was able to do offensively and what it did defensively and perhaps the thing that impressed me the most, Bill, was the pressure that Auburn's defensive line was able to put in the backfield against Arkansas. And now listen, Ron Roberts – Defense is always going to bring folks a safety or a nickel or a linebacker or even a corner. But to see Jalen McLeod in the game he had. Exactly. See, those guys up front to put that kind of pressure on uh, bodes well for the rest of this season. for And we've we've seen it coming. It's been slow to come. But the last two ball games, Auburn's two wins on the road – that front four has been able to get pressure in the backfield. And that's one of the things that Hugh Freeze talked about at his yeah. press conference yesterday, just the fact that Jalen McLeod finally getting healthy. Yeah. And, uh, yes, he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. He's also the Bednarik right. National Player of the Week I talk, defensively. I talked to him yesterday after the press conference. We did a, a feature for War Eagle Plus with, with Jalen. And I said, hey, listen, when, when was it you finally fell healthy? He said it was going into the Ole Miss game. And I said, is it that much of a difference? He said, oh, yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we're, we're seeing what we saw from him at the start of practice. Yeah, what, what the coaches were talking about, the explosiveness right. that he had, how nobody could really contain him. And there were a lot of people going, well, where is that? Well, a high ankle sprain is one of the things that can really linger. And you, you just, yeah. you know, it's, it just takes a while. And it's great to see him now. Auburn's, Auburn's going to need him. Oh, Boy, are they really going to need him because that that frees you up to be able to do so many other things. Nine tackles, four for loss, three sacks, and a forced fumble. What was the the four tackles for loss is the most by, I believe it's the most by an Auburn player in, in at least 18 years. Goodness. That's that's pretty impressive. Yes, that's sporty. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you, so you're right. I mean, and, and then uh, – um, See where Alex McPherson was one of the um, players that was mentioned from the Lou Groza right. award. Well, he he's he's been very good. He's perfect this year. <laughs> I hesitate. To Hard say to be that. better than that. I hesitate to say that, but he he broke the record of most consecutive field goals made, breaking Daniel Carlson's record. And um, two games to play, three games to play in this this mm-hmm. season for Auburn now. Now, uh, let's let's uh, stick with football a little bit. New Mexico State coming up this week. And, you know, folks don't know an awful lot about them. Right. But uh, Jerry Kill has turned a program around that was, I mean, yeah. they, were, they were way, way down. That's what he does. That's what he has done in his career. He did it at Southern Illinois. He did it at Northern oh, Illinois. Oh, I didn't realize he was at your alma mater. Yeah, huh? well, not, not my alma mater, oh. but where I worked before I oh, came that's here. True. And he did it at Northern Illinois. He was successful at, at Minnesota. 
and then he's been in and out of the game. He's had some some health issues in his life right. that have forced him out of coaching from time to time, and now he is back, and he is doing it in New Mexico State, what he has done elsewhere. And now listen, this is a team that lost its first game, week zero game to UMass mm-hmm. at home in Las Cruces. But now brings in a six-game win streak. It's the first – is it six or seven? Six-game win streak, I think. It's their 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 longest win streak that they've had since 1960. Whoa. It's the first time that they will play in a conference championship game because they just haven't been in a league that featured. Mm-hmm. But they've already qualified for Conference USA. They're 8-3. and three. They're going yeah. to Liberty to play in the, in the conference championship. Obviously, they're bowl eligible for a second. So this is their last regular season game, then, if they're 8-3, and three, right? Or did they, get a, did they get an extra game because they played in a – they will. I, I read in their notes that they will, with their bowl game, they will play in fifteen games. Oh, okay. They they also won for a second yeah, straight so year. They'll, so they'll play a thirteen yeah. game regular season, then a conference championship, right. then a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, they also won at New Mexico, which doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. in their history. So, this is a team that comes in. Both te- both of these teams are playing their best football right now. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. This Saturday. And they feature a very electric quarterback. That Hugh Freeze is very yeah. familiar with Josh Aldridge. I mean, they're, right. uh, I'm, you know, of course, Josh was the defensive coordinator last year. Right. When uh, Pavia, is that? Is that? Di- Diego Pavia, who's not a really big guy. He's six foot, 200 pounds, throws it, runs it really, really well. He is the heart and soul. I mean, their, their offense starts and stops mm-hmm. with number 10 at quarterback for this, this New Mexico State team. And listen, will Auburn be favored by a Sure, bunch? they're 20-plus they're, they're point right. favorites. But it's a sandwich game. It's a game where you want to continue to execute with the biggie coming up in a week and a half now. You want to be playing well going into that game. You don't mm-hmm. want to come limping out of no, New Mexico State, regardless of the, the outcome, when you've got Alabama coming to town in a week. So uh, I know that is a trust. Right now, talking with some of the players, you heard from Coach Freeze yesterday. Um, they have the he. New Mexico State certainly has this head coach's respect because he's seen them before. Yes, and the the last time he saw them, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant. Yeah, forty nine fourteen. New Mexico Ooh. State beat Liberty last year. So yeah, that that's good. I I sort of like the fact Auburn should be getting pretty used to these midday. Mid afternoon starts. This will be the third straight three o'clock kick, and then next week's two thirty. Right. So be ready for the 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 the, the bright. Hopefully the bright sunshine and and, and then it dark by, by and, the yeah, second half. By the third quarter, it's it's dark. So yep. there you go. Well, that's what we're that's what we're used to. So right. that's good. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. We'll talk a little uh, round ball with Andy when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Inspired by the bold the drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one. Final segment with Andy Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers here in the studio. And uh, yeah, let's talk a little basketball. Yeah, I, I know, I know you're not, I know you're not happy that you're not going to be able to be there. This is a, for this is a fun team to watch. This yes, Auburn it is. basketball it's team. It's a very athletic team, and that was a an 
an angry team coming back from Sioux Falls last Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I felt they should have beaten Baylor. And without one segment at the start of the first half and at the end of the, the excuse me, the start of the second half and the end of the second half, I think they, they win that ball game. I don't think they played as well as Bruce Pearl would like last Friday against Southeastern Louisiana. Um, but but got the job done, and now they'll need to step up against. They've got to step up play against Notre Dame Thursday night. We're going to have Tiger talk at six, and then Brad and Randall and Paul Ellen take to the air at seven thirty. Right uh, on on Thursday, and as you, you talked about at the top of the show, then they've got the Friday game, and hopefully Auburn's playing that that championship game there. It's a cool. I mean, it's cool to do a game in an NBA arena, and Auburn will get to go to State Farm Arena in Atlanta and mm-hmm. play there again. This will be about the fourth or fifth straight year they play. It's just a different vibe. Oh, uh, yeah. And one of the cool things here, a little behind the scenes, you come in on the team bus at, at the Barclays Center, and you come in and you, you come in underneath Barclays Center, and there is an elevator for the bus that takes oh. you down, and then a turntable that turns, and then you just back up into your spot. Oh, I never wow, seen that, that before. Cool. It's very cool, uh, and that's, it's just, that's like, that's like the little kids' sense, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and then really good games, and of course it's in New York City, and so anyway, uh, Auburn's going to have to play better than it has in the first two games this week, and then back home against Alabama A and M before you know the the rest of the season. Let me also say this: that's a big win for Coach Jay's team on Sunday, going to no Rutgers. Kidding. And, and, and they got and they got down double figures big, early, yeah, seventeen four. I think uh, really struggled with the zone, and then had a second half to behold, holding Rutgers to what seven or eight points in the second half, and and led for the rest of the ball. I think Rutgers got within nine in the second half, and then Auburn ended up winning by twenty. That's a good win for Coach Jay's team to go mm-hmm. on the road against a Big Ten team, traditionally a powerful team in Rutgers, and get that win. That's that's a good good win. For Coach Jay's team, they're home, of course, on Friday night at Neville Arena. Right. Now, what we have seen thus far, I think we've seen um, bits and pieces of what we're going to see. I mean, as you said, I don't think Auburn's put it all together by any means yet, but you've seen Aiden Holloway. You've you've seen some – SEC freshman of the week. Yeah, you've seen why uh, he he came in so highly touted, and and he's still – I guess he's. I guess he's about uh, full speed now. I I think pretty close to that. Uh, but I think he's, he does. He doesn't appear no to be hobbling or anything like that on the ankle. And and but the the other new pieces. I think we've we've seen some glimpses. Denver Jones, uh, you know, hasn't really gotten hot and lit it up yet. But you see a night. You, you know, you see that nice stroke. I thought. Uh, I thought Janie Johnson. I mean, he really. Helped on the backboards the other day. And didn't have a particularly good shooting day, but as Bruce Pearl told us yesterday, he wasn't worried about any shot that Cheney took. No, no. And, and I've seen, I mean, right. in practice, you can see he has a nice shot. And then Chad Baker Mazzara coming off the bench he's is another, instant energy. Yes. He is, he's a taller, but a different version of Katie Johnson. Uh, I agree. Because they are, they are instant energy. And, and Katie has been very good in his first two games. Coming off the bench. And then, I mean, Auburn's gone 11 deep in both games. And it's not just 10 deep. It's 11 deep with, with Lior Berman. Nobody 
nobody has played 30 minutes right. yet. Exactly. That may change as the season goes along sure. and then there's injuries and rotations and, and stuff like that. But uh, I'm, I'll be interested to see how this team plays against uh, a Notre Dame team out of the ACC for, for basketball. Mm-hmm. And then either St. Bonaventure or Oklahoma State in, in the second game on Friday. And then we, we didn't even mention Janai, who is uh, double double uh, a, a candidate for the – I mean, he's, he's one of the names there in the, the Naismith uh, for – I mean, he's just – he's a double-double machine. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he's, he's playing like he needs to play, knowing this is, this is his last year, and he's auditioning for a spot in the NBA at this point. That three-point shot looks, looks very good. He hit two him. in a row against Baylor, mm-hmm. and I – you know, he started doing that a little more deep Down in last stretch. season. And I think that's just going to be a part of his game. I don't think it'll be a, an enormous. But you know what we saw? But that means they can't We they saw can't Walker do the away. same thing two right. years ago. Yeah, exactly. When he's out on the perimeter, leave him open, he's going to take the shot. Yeah, so that helps yeah. pull him out. Well, right. it's, it is fun. Andy, uh, we're, we're into the final minute or so. Well, actually, yeah, the music says okay. we definitely are in the final <laughs> minute. Uh, just – Again, you mentioned some of the things yeah, going on. Yeah. Just lay out the schedule yeah, for us. Yeah, Thursday night uh, out of Baumhauer's for, for Tiger Talk. Hugh Freeze set to join us. John Cohen will join us. Volleyball coach Brent Crouch plus Keontae Scott and Jay Fair. So that's all That'll Thursday night on Tiger Talk. We'll take the air at noon on Saturday. We're still working on the lineup for uh, for Saturday's pregame for Auburn and New Mexico State. Of course, Kickoff is now set for three oh one. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, that's a quick. That's a quick one when it comes. And, and I guess the the action on uh, Wings ninety four three starts at eleven on Saturday. That is right. Game yep. day on Wings starts at eleven. Andy, thanks a lot. Always great to have you My here. My pleasure, guys. Have a good one. All right, we will be back with our number two. Don't forget, Jake Crane joins me at five thirty. We'll open the phone lines when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Sports capital of Alabama. This is the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this Tuesday evening. Yeah, it's dark at uh, 5 o'clock. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, it's going to rain probably here before too long in this area. Dan was with us as we got things started, and he was on his way to Troy and was driving through some rain. And I do know that South Alabama has been drenched over the last couple of days. Text texted me and said, it's been raining in Baton Rouge for a couple of days. So it's slowly headed this way, uh, hopefully, and it should be, expected to be out of here um, by sometime Thursday. So uh, we're just going to get some rain over the next couple of days. But um, So be careful if you're, if you're out and driving around. Don't be surprised if uh, you run into a little rain before the night is done. Welcome into hour number two. Hope you were with us in hour number one. Voice of the Tigers, Andy Burcham, joining me here in the studio as we talked Auburn football and basketball. Of course, the Tigers, football-wise, getting ready for New Mexico State at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Meanwhile, basketball 
Sans Andy, not going to be able to make the trip to the uh, Barkley Center as the Tigers will take on Notre Dame and then uh, either St. Bonaventure or Oklahoma State, depending on who wins the two games Thursday. The uh, Thursday game is an 8 o'clock tip against Notre Dame. So we'll have Tiger Talk uh, on Wings 94-3 at uh, 6 o'clock from 6 to 7. And then at 7.30, it will be the pregame before Auburn-Notre Dame. Meanwhile, over on uh, AU100, we've got the AISA State Championship game from Crampton Bowl in Montgomery as Lee Scott in Glenwood. Boy, that's uh, that sound familiar? I mean, it's sort of like it's crazy. you got Lee Scott in Glenwood for the state title on Thursday night, then Friday night. Auburn High is at Central. So you've got those, you know, uh, area foes, those local um, rivals that will be playing. Of course, state title on the line Thursday night in Montgomery and then Auburn and Central in the second round of the 7A playoffs over at Central on Friday night. That, of course, another one you'll be able to hear uh, on Wings 94.3. Or no. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's on. It's on Wings ninety four three. I've got. I've got to go back and look at the uh, the schedule. Jacob was sending out. I mean, we've got so many different things going on at the uh, <clears throat> at the same time. But yeah, love your thoughts on anything going on sports wise um, today. A little more speculation. I was talking about this a little earlier on who the next coach could be at Texas A and M. Not as much about Mississippi State. Like I said, there was a. Uh, apparently a photoshopped um, addition to a tweet from Jamie Chadwell at uh, who is at Liberty in his first year there at Liberty after, of course, uh, being at Coastal Carolina uh, and and somebody making it look like he tweeted from Starkville, but uh, no, that uh, don't that didn't look like the original that I saw. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which direction those schools go. For, for their next head coach. Uh, and and then looking at some of the games, it's interesting, I was looking at the games around the SEC this week. They're all Eastern Division games. This is like SEC East week. Um, next week, you get more SEC. Um, as a matter of fact, everybody in the West next week plays a conference game, whereas... Six of the seven teams in the East play each other. Vandy is the uh, the team that is left out. Vandy has this is crazy. Vandy has their second open date this week. But uh, but the other games, you got uh, Florida is at Missouri. We'll talk to Jake. We'll talk to Jake Crane at the bottom of the hour. Get his thoughts on the the head coaching situations with you know the SEC two jobs opening. And it turns out one of the odder things you'll see is two teams, you know, in a, in a game that was a 51-10 game, both teams fire their head coach after that 51-10 game. But Florida, after their uh, destruction at the hands of LSU and then the loss the week before, Florida has now lost three straight, and they're 5-5. Five and five. They've given up. 39 or more points now in four straight games. 
They're at Missouri. That's not good. That's not good. I mean, of course, Florida has been so schizophrenic. They've been way up, way down, Jekyll and Hyde, whatever you want to say. But their defense has been terrible. And that's not good to be heading to Columbia, Missouri um, this weekend. Missouri coming off a very impressive win. I mean, they just they, – they – throttled. They just dominated Tennessee this past week. And they're eight and two. I mean, you, you look at, at Missouri, Missouri's got a chance to Missouri's got a chance to have a 10 win regular season. They're eight and two, and they've got Florida at home before they take on Arkansas in Fayetteville on the Friday, you know, on Black Friday. So I mean, they're favored in both of their they'll be they're definitely favored in their last two games. Um, but Florida, there's a really good chance Florida finishes five and seven. All right, we've been talking about the possibility of, you know, Sam Pittman, although, as, as Andy said, yeah, what we're hearing lately is Arkansas may not be as ready to make a change. Arkansas is three and seven, I believe. Yeah, they're three and seven right now. <clears throat> seven and six last year, nine and four. The year before, they were three and seven in Sam's first year. But remember, they're coming off a, a, a ridiculously long, winless streak in SEC play, and they they played better than people thought. His first two years, a little disappointing last year. It's it's a big disappointment this year. But they've lost so many games by one score. So it right now doesn't appear. But I you know I wonder. I mean, if Arkansas, um, Arkansas's got. Uh, Florida International this week, so they they ought to win that to go four and seven, but they'll you figure they'd lose to Missouri, but I mean they could beat them. But if Arkansas goes four and eight, then next year would be an absolute must for Sam Pittman. But let's look at Florida. Florida, if they lose at Missouri, they host the Seminoles for their final game, and there's no doubt they will be the underdogs there. Florida goes five and seven. You already heard Billy Napier under, um, you know, a little heat under the seat there for Billy Napier heading into the year. What was what was the thing that seemed to be giving people a little bit of hope? It was his recruiting. They've now lost three of their top commitments to other schools, or maybe the maybe the latest isn't official yet, but they've lost lost one to Texas, one to Auburn. That was uh, Javante Waller. And then uh, looked like they're about to lose an, another of their top commitments to Georgia. And if they drop, they were a top five. They, they had what appeared to be a, around a top five class. They dropped down to, you know, 12 to 18 or something in recruiting. All that's going to do is put you about eighth or ninth in the SEC and that's not going to be good enough for Florida fans. You combine that with a five and seven record, then I just wonder. I wonder how safe things are for Billy Napier. So this is a huge game for them because you know last year they go to a bowl game, they decide to play in a bowl game, and they got crushed and finish under five hundred. They have back to back seasons under five hundred. Billy Napier's got a good pedigree. Uh, was very highly thought of, but you go 11 and 14 in your first two years at Florida. I don't know if you're going to get a year three. 334 321 1390 
is the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. You can also text us on the Drive text box, which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number is 334-564-1840. Hour number two of the Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Let's get to the Drive hotline, and Matt gets us going. Hey, Matt. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. I had a question about the offensive line. We seem to be rotating still a lot of offensive linemen during the game, which is a little bit unusual to me. Is that a philosophy they're going to stick with, or are they still trying to manage the game, you know, based on, you know, players that have experience and not? And, and uh, I was also wondering, do you think the, the center, you know, that freshman kid, is he going to stay out there once the, the previous guy is healthy enough to play? That is that's probably a tougher question for me than than your first. I'll start with the first question. Auburn has been rotating some guys on the offensive line. Hugh Freeze told us a couple of weeks ago that part of that is trying to keep Cam Stutz, who he feels is just one of the anchors of this team, healthy because he's been beaten up pretty badly, and uh, and they they want him to be as healthy as possible down the stretch. Obviously next week against Alabama. So what they have done at times is Cam will be in there and they can they can move uh, um, Jaden Muskrat right. in from – he can play guard and tackle and it allows them to, to move some guys around and give everybody a little bit of a breather by, uh, by Muskie being able to play two different spots. And they also want to get Jeremiah Wright some, some playing time as well. So they've been able to play – uh, two or three guys at both guard and tackle and giving most of them some rest. Connor hasn't gotten as much rest um, until last week when Auburn got out to a big lead, but he's a younger, fresher guy than they are. So I don't know that it's going to be a philosophy. Haven't really had a chance to talk to Jake Thornton since Auburn's been doing that as much, but my feeling is that they feel like they have seven guys that they can play and and get the kind of production out of, but they're also able to rest or maybe save some of their guys that that have been through it a little more and have and have and have had some injuries through their careers. So I think that's what it is. They man, it's such a better situation than Auburn has had in years where, you know, they didn't have you didn't have five guys that you could count on on every play. Now they feel like they've got seven, maybe eight. So it's a really good yeah, I situation. Think, uh, I, I just I've, I like Jeremiah Wright's attitude. He just seems to blow people down. He's one of those nasty offensive linemen. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That, I just like to see him play. I, I'm surprised that he hasn't carved out a starting position and a little more playing time. But I guess he does get in there and and get some playing time. It's just to me, they usually find the best five they got and go with them. The the communication and all the the things that are necessary to pick up the blisses is easier. Um, but anyway, that's one question I'll ask one more and I'll hang up. Uh, is Do we have any major injuries from the last game? I know that number five took that bad hit on the sideline. Uh, any idea? Um, he came back in play. Yeah, he did. Do we have anybody that got hurt that, uh, that we no, need to not, worry about? No, not – uh, you know, Auburn, I think, is is very fortunate right now. I mean, uh, Avery Jones has – I believe he went through practice. Um, you know, he's he's gone he's gone back to practice some – 
Auburn's probably as about as healthy as you could hope to be at this time of year. They've got some guys that are just now getting as healthy as they've been all year. Um, obviously, Jalen McLeod, we were talking about him earlier today. He's only been close to 100% for the last couple of weeks, and you've seen what he's been able to do. I, I think we're seeing Austin Keys play uh, as healthy as he's been all year long. Um, Keontae Scott sure looked healthy last week against Arkansas. So, no, I think, I think Auburn's in, in really good shape, you know, as, as far as a team that's going into game number 11 on the season. They're probably as, as good as you could hope them to be. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, appreciate the call, Matt. Was that everything he asked? I thought he'd asked one other thing. Uh, he asked about the offensive line. Then I said, what was the tougher question? Um, I, I've, I've, I've forgotten. Um, yeah, that's old age, folks. 334-321-1390. Love for you to join in. Anything that you want to talk about, football, basketball, uh, anything on this um, Tuesday evening. All right, I was looking we're ta- I was just looking at the schedule for this week and started thinking about the situation there at Florida. The other games uh, that, that are all SEC games are all there in the east. You've got Kentucky at South Carolina. Now South Carolina, it, it's been a disappointing year for Shane Beamer. I know there's some folks going, you know, what is his situation? They're four and six, but they've won their last two. Uh, Kentucky is sort of stumbling down the stretch. That's going to be an you know interesting matchup there. Does you know South Carolina at home? Can they can they knock off Kentucky? Boy, that would put a lot of teams around the 500 mark because right now, uh, you know, we were, I was thinking about this earlier where Auburn stands in the bowl uh, rankings, if you will, or the uh, the bowl order. I mean, obviously. Georgia and Alabama uh, are the most attractive teams. You know, they're, they're, they're two teams still hoping that they can make the college football playoff. I think the odds of both making it are very, very long. Um, you've got Ole Miss and Missouri at 8-2 and two each. Then LSU and Tennessee at 7-3 and three each. So there are, your, there are your top six teams record-wise. But you've got Auburn along with A&M and Kentucky at 6-4. and four. Uh, Florida's five and five, South Carolina and Mississippi State are four and six. Um, that that are teams that even have a chance to make a bowl game. But but uh, state, you know, at, at four and six has got Ole Miss coming up after uh after they play. They got Southern, yeah. They've got Southern this week, Southern Miss this week, then Ole Miss. So it's an uphill battle for Mississippi State to make it to a bowl game. And then um, the, the other four and six team, I mentioned, uh, South Carolina and yeah, they've got Kentucky coming in this week, but then they have Clemson. Who knows? I mean, maybe a South Carolina team on a three game winning streak can knock off a Clemson team that is really, uh, underperformed this year. So I'd give South Carolina a better shot of making a bowl game because they've got their last two games there at home with Kentucky and Clemson. All right. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in. Don't forget, Jake Crane joins me in about 15 minutes here on the Tuesday Drive. 
attention long. ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 22 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Thursday evening. Bill here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. We've got a few minutes before we get to our bottom of the hour break. And then Jake Crane of Crane & Company joins me. All right, we're, I was looking at the, uh, mentioned the games involving SEC East teams. Who's going to score the most points this week? It's likely to come from an S in the conference. It's likely to come from an SEC West team when you hear some of these matchups. Uh, Auburn, of course, has New Mexico State. And they're a 22-and-a-half-point favorite, I believe, last time I looked. Uh, Alabama has Chattanooga. Arkansas has Florida International. LSU has Georgia State. Ole Miss has ULM. And Texas A&M has, is that Abilene Christian? I see ACU. I guess that's. I guess that's Abilene Christian when I look on the little helmet schedule. And uh, I mentioned earlier that Mississippi State has Southern Miss. There could be some, there could be some uh, routes involving uh, SEC Western Division teams this week before you get the uh, Iron Bowl, the Egg Bowl, um, Arkansas-Missouri, LSU at A&M. <laughs> all, all next week. So, like, it's, yeah, it's like SEC East this week, SEC West next week. Then because in the East, I mean, you, you've got those uh, in-state non-conference matchups. I mentioned Florida, Florida State, South Carolina, Clemson, um, and uh, Kentucky, Louisville all going on, all going on next week. So, uh, yeah, it's fun that uh, this week sort of features the East. Next week will feature the West. Oh, I th- who who was that? Did somebody wrong wrong number? Oh, I thought, oh, we got it. We had a call coming in, so I was rushing and going to go ahead and hurry up through that. Um, again, yeah, we we had a little fun earlier when we were talking about the the postseason possibilities. We'll we'll ask Jake about his thoughts on this. The the what ifs are fun when you look at what if they're three unbeaten teams and then a handful of one loss teams, who you know everybody but one's going to feel like. They've gotten the shaft, whereas when you've got, uh, you know, you could do the same thing if you had a couple of unbeatens. Most times, these things have worked out, and um, and things sort of take care of themselves. Where where you're wondering, well, there are only a couple of teams deserving of getting in. This year, I think it's a little different. Looked like uh, quite a few more teams are deserving of getting in. So. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk with Jake about that as well. I was going to try to make sure that I got everything that we've got uh, uh, going on this week. All right, I mentioned right, – I'll go to Riley's update from a, little, from a little earlier. I believe he sent one out today. So, uh, here's what we've got on, on uh, Thursday. Yeah, I'd say, well, first of all, tonight on – right here on, on ESPN 106.7, following the drive – We've got Duke Michigan State basketball coming up on ESPN 106.7. And then, uh, uh, and then Thursday, as we mentioned, uh, Tiger Talk 
as Andy, you know, Andy was saying, and they, they don't even, uh, let's see, he had, had a great lineup for, for Thursday night. Tiger Talk 6-7. to seven. And then uh, at 7.30 will be the pregame for Auburn and uh, Notre Dame. And then Lee Scott and Glenwood Thursday night on AU100 from Crampton Bowl for the uh, AISA state title. And then Friday, uh, it's going to sort of, it's going to depend on what happens Thursday with Auburn. Um, because if they win, they would play at 3.30. If they lose, they would play at 5.30. Is that right? Play at 6. The pregame would be at 5.30. So, um, so we may actually have a show that is shortened by 30 minutes on Friday. Let's all pull for that because that means Auburn High, I mean Auburn University, has beaten Notre Dame. Uh, and, and they would be playing, if they win, they'd play the winner of the St. Bonaventure, Oklahoma State. They lose. Obviously, they played the loser in the earlier game. And then, of course, Auburn High is at Central with a 6.30 pregame and a 7 o'clock kick for the second round of the 7A playoffs on uh, Friday night. So, uh, as you can tell, I mean, there's an awful lot going on. Then, of course, Saturday we've got uh, Auburn football, 11 o'clock game day on Wings, on Wings 94.3, followed by the Auburn Network. Their pregame starting at noon. Meanwhile, on ESPN 106.7, uh, how, how about this for the uh, lineup for this weekend on ESPN 106.7? Uh, 2 o'clock, UCLA-USC, the the big crosstown matchup there in L.A. is uh, at 2 o'clock, followed by Washington at Oregon State at 6 o'clock. Then Sunday, we've got the uh, the Chargers and the Packers at 11 followed by the uh, the Jets and the Bills. And uh, so, so that's, that's just what's going on the next few days here on the family of stations here with the Auburn Network. Um, again, Jake Crane of Crane & Company joining me here in a couple of minutes. We'll get his thoughts on the coaching changes, see if he's got any, uh, any updates or um, feels for the direction that Texas A&M goes. Is it a Mike Elko? Do they, uh, I mean, is, is the, was the Dabo talk just something completely crazy? Do they go outside? Yesterday, uh, the guy that I couldn't think of, Aaron Glenn, is a former A&M star football player who's been in the NFL for quite a while. Uh, and and that, that was a name that was coming out of Texas as a possibility there. But as as Dan said yesterday, Ross Bjork is – is a guy that generally wants to uh, get out there and pull in a big name, and uh, he, you know, he, he's he's done that in other sports, and we'll see what they decide to do. I, I would imagine they want to try to get out front. Not that they're going to be able to hire a seating, um, a sitting head coach right now. Nobody's going to want to leave before the season's done. But they want to try to have their ducks in a row and be able to you know, make that move as soon as possible so that they could keep the players that they have committed or, you know, be able to pull players in for the early signing period, which is uh, get started December the 20th. 
So we'll ask Jake his thoughts on that, what he's hearing about the Mississippi State job, and are there any other coaches in the SEC who are on the hot seat? Yes, just a couple of weeks ago it looked like, well, probably not going to be any moves around the Southeastern Conference. And now there have been two and rumblings at multiple other places. So we'll talk with Jake about that and more after we get to our bottom of the hour break. Stick with us for the final half hour here on the Tuesday Drive. Jake Crane. Jake, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing great. I mean, uh, it's it's hard not to be doing well coming off the weekend that Auburn just had. You are not kidding. And and look, I thought I I thought I made a bold prediction early last week. I was thinking, man, I don't know. I, Arkansas played pretty well. Then I started looking at Florida, and and and, I, and that's something I don't want to keep looking at. But I started looking at Florida <laughs> and the fact that they'd given up nearly 40 points a game for three straight weeks. And, boy, they, they added to that last week. And I thought, well, maybe it wasn't so much Arkansas uh, it, that, that Florida helped them out a little bit. So I thought I made a bold prediction and, and said, now I changed my mind from, from leaning Arkansas to saying that Auburn would win by three points. And, man, by the, mid, by the midpoint of the first quarter, I thought, yeah, I was, I was a, a, a little conservative on that. Well, you know, Bill, the, my thing wasn't just as much about Arkansas because, you know, they've been so up and down and, and that win, you know, they, they go from, you know, losing to Mississippi uh, losing to Mississippi State at home to going on the road and, and beating Florida. It's just – it was more to me about can Auburn go on the road to a, a – in an environment with a pulse, especially mm-hmm. them coming off the Florida win. You know, the environment was good against a roster – that is as good or maybe even a little bit better overall, at least up to this point, than yours. Because we'd watched Auburn and Peyton Thorne go on the road at Cal. Not exactly a super tough environment and struggle. Obviously, we saw what happened at A&M. We saw what happened at LSU. And Vanderbilt, to me, is a neutral site game at best. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's basically a home game away from home against Auburn. So I think more of the unknown was against Auburn. But you talk about a, a complimentary football win, a de- the way to dominate is not just one side of the ball going absolutely ballistic. The way you dominate is with all three phases playing together as one. Auburn scored on offense. They scored on defense. They scored on special teams, and they didn't stop. And i tell you another thing, Bill. When you look at this season so far, if Auburn fans want to look at trajectory and try and, try and project, Every time Auburn has played against a team outside of LSU on the road, has played against a team that was better than they were, they've been in every single one of those games. They played Georgia, it's looking like now, and I know you, there's no moral victories, about as good as anybody. Every better. Time they, they played better than anybody. I mean, better, better than yeah. anybody. They're tied with six minutes played, to go, right? Oh, I know. Every time they've played somebody that Auburn is better than, they have beaten them. That shows you that Hugh Freeze is doing as much as he possibly can with the roster he has right now. That should give Auburn fans more confidence than anything for the future. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that, Jake. I mean, it was every facet of the game. Special teams has been solid for Auburn. We've been waiting to see, you know, yeah. Brian Batty or Keontae Scott bust one. It was just, it was just a matter of time. Uh, and and then, oh, by the way, it's just you take for granted that every every place kick is going to be made and every, oh, and every punt is going to be kicked where uh, it either isn't returned or coverage is right there. 
I don't know who's got the Ouija board or whatever in Auburn's recruiting department with these kicker families are, are just going and, and finding these guys. But you look at the Carlsons, both in the league. I, are there any more McPhersons out there? <laughs> like, can we go ahead and get another? I mean, this guy, I'm afraid to even talk about it, Bill. I mean, it's so automatic. I, and I'm afraid to even talk about it. And you don't want to be kicker you, right? You want to no. be something else you. But I tell you what. That kid is absolutely buttery. I, and you knew for a fact when he went up against A&M and hit that, like, 53-yarder in a tight moment, I was like, all right, I get it. It makes sense. Uh, the dude is just, just whatever he's doing, whatever y'all are giving him, don't change any of it. Oh, yeah, no question about that. And defensively, one of the things Hugh, uh, Hugh Freeze mentioned yesterday is that Jalen McLeod has only been healthy for a short time, and you saw him, he just destroyed the Arkansas offense on Saturday. Yeah, and, you know, again, he's a guy that, that coming into this year, uh, come on, coming over from App State, there was a lot of excitement about him because you felt like he could be that guy, even if it was on third down, even if it was just a specialty that could go in and give you that guy on the edge that could help you compete. And that's what was one of Auburn's biggest deficiencies, was pass rusher, right? And then you got guys that get beat up, the natural attrition through the year. But I tell you what, man, um, and, and I was critical of Ron Roberts a little bit, the Georgia game, uh, in, in the second half, and, and a lot of it was small things. But what, what Auburn's defense has done this year, can you imagine putting this group, and this goes out to Zach Etheridge and all the guys, this group has done more, and it's not a shot at the players, but this is the worst Auburn roster that they'll have. They have done more with less than just about anybody. It's been very, very, um, from a fo- schematical standpoint, from just a, a football purist standpoint, it's been really, really fun to watch these guys throughout the season put together game plans and watch the guys go out there and play their guts out and execute it. Auburn has Auburn leads the SEC in red zone defense. They lead the SEC in turnovers forced. They're uh, one of the better teams that you're going to find anywhere in third down defense. I don't know of – I mean, I, nobody's mentioned this because, because Auburn had that four-game losing streak, but I don't know of a coordinator anywhere that's done a better job than Ron Roberts has at Auburn this year. Yeah, and, and the fact that he's not even, even listed in the Broyles Award is an absolute joke to me. Uh, it's, an, it's an absolute joke. If we're going over who's done the best job with what they've had to work with, the fact that he's not even a, a finalist for that award, not saying that he should be the one that ultimately wins it, but to me that's laughable at best. But that's fine. That's fine. Um, he's going to keep doing it. They're going to keep bringing it. And I tell you what, recruiting right now, how about the Jamonte Waller flip? Oh, yeah. I hope everybody realizes those are the type cats that Bama and Georgia and them get, right? The, the folks and now bringing in Jamonte. This is how you do it. This is how you bridge the gap. And they're not done yet. A little birdie told me there's another guy on the line of scrimmage that's going to jump in the boat here soon. Well, let's uh, let, yeah, let, let's let's talk a little bit about all right the Jamonte Waller a a flip from Florida. I was talking about this a little while ago. You look now and the Gators are five and five. They're at Missouri this weekend with the Knowles coming in next week. Is five and seven with the all the the players that are jumping ship to Texas, to Auburn, possibly to Georgia, uh, is, 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 is his seat getting more than just a little warm, Billy's? 
Well, I mean, Bill, you know, your seat's always warm when you coach at a place like Florida. It kind of comes with the territory. But I don't think they'll fire him going 5-7 and seven this year. God, I just think 11-14 uh, and 14 in two years. Uh, yeah, and- but, but, you know, circumstantially, I was talking about this. Somebody asked me, well, look at what Dan Lanning's done. Well, Billy, Mario Cristobal didn't get fired. Mario Cristobal left Oregon to go to Miami. He, he went back home, and he left them both, and he, he got Bo Nix. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Dan Lanning mm-hmm. situation's a lot different than the Billy Napier one. Dan Mullen burned that place to the ground. And you, you, you look what, what he had year one. Obviously, you're trying to fix it. The schedule they played this year, while you're building, is really tough. I think what will happen is Scott Strickland won't fire him this year. Their schedule in 2024 is a death march. Oh, it, it is. is. It is. Unbelievable. Why would you want to bring in a new guy to face That's that year point. one? if you were going to let him go. So I think they'll let him go through 2024. If they get shoved in a locker in 2024, he'll probably be gone. Um, but I, I know Florida's a huge brand, right? I, I get that. Um, but this rebuild wasn't as easy as what some people think. But I'll tell you this. I guarantee you Hugh Freeze and the rest of this staff and Trevon Reed and all these guys, they're about to start raiding Texas A&M's roster and Flores Ross is like like Indiana Jones, man. You better get ready for it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how unusual was it that in a fifty-one to ten game before the season's over, both teams make coaching changes in that A&M Mississippi State game last week? Yeah, man. What a weird handshake, right? Uh, <laughs> just goes to show you that Jimbo had to know, right? You do, you don't. Jimbo had to know going into it. Uh, but listen, if you're going to fire me for seventy-six million dollars. I mean, I'll, I'll sing karaoke in front of everybody in the stadium if you need me to. So um, it, it is – I hate it for Zach Garnett. Uh, it, it was a tough situation. Yep. It didn't work out. Uh, I'll be very interested to see who they bring in. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Barry Odom got a really serious look at that job at Mississippi State. Just from an Auburn perspective, not Jamie Chadwell. Please, not Jamie Chadwell. Yeah, that's uh, you know that that's somebody Dan was talking about him yesterday, and and he's gonna get he's gonna get an opportunity. I just wonder if he's ready to leave for a job like state after just one year at Liberty. That, well, people don't realize he's making like three point two. Yeah, he's at he's doing well. I, so right. I saw that it might be closer to four. Yeah, Liberty's got a ski resort on campus. Like Liberty's got that long money. They've got that religious money. Like it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So. Uh, it's one of those things where you've built up so much equity, right? You want to make sure when you do make that jump, you make it to the right spot. But like Kirby Smart, for example. All right, so uh, what names are you hearing at A&M? I mean, obviously, Elko was the first name mentioned. I saw some uh, some, some yep. Dabo speculation, uh, Aaron Glenn. Uh, what, 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 do you, what do you think might be viable? I'm going to tell you who I think it's going to be and who I think it needs to be is Urban Meyer. Hmm. I mean, at, at, at some point, look, y'all want to win? How about you? Y'all been waiting since 1939, right? 1939. That's before we dropped into Normandy. And you know what? Listen, Urban Meyer's not a great guy, but people act like he's like Kim Jong-un. And all of a sudden, I see him on Fox every yeah, but he's Saturday. he's a hell of a coach. Like, yeah, he is a hell of a coach. How bad do you want to win? How bad do you want? I know they want it so bad they're willing to dress up in overalls and scream into the woods. That's how bad they want it. I think Urban Meyer... He, he, I think there's a good chance because look, and I don't think they got to break the bank to get him. And you'd be the first one to win big at A and M. That there's a lot of things 
that, that would pull Urban Meyer to A&M, in my opinion. Uh, but Mike Elko is the easy answer, right? He's been yep. there before. He did a really good job at Duke. I think he'd do a really good job at A&M, but there's only one Urban Meyer, man. Yeah, that's... And you know what, Bill? You know what I think's funny? How everybody's like, oh, Texas A&M, they want to wait till the buyout drops. You've been to the gas station? All y'all been to the gas station. You think these guys, are, if they were broke or they didn't have enough money, they wouldn't have fired him without paying the buyout. You don't fire somebody and pay them an extra $10 million, basically, because you don't have money. Oh, you think it's coincidental that they presented a $164 million check at halftime of the ball yeah. game the other I day? Mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's more be, than twice as much as they go, need to pay him yeah. off. Go fill your tank up. Those guys are richer than they've ever been. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, any other coaches you think? Uh, I mean, there was a lot of buzz about Sam Pittman right after I think he's the gone. Auburn debacle. I, I just wonder. I, think he's gone. I, I keep hearing the last, you know, in the last 24 hours that, well, they may wait another year. I'm just wondering why. Yeah, you're, it's, I said after they beat Florida, like this is maybe the worst thing that could happen to Arkansas. I mean, you're just de- delaying the inevitable. I mean, you gotta love, you it. gotta love Sam, but uh... you got yeah. But listen, I mean, look, it's a business. It's just like anything, and and he's been unbelievably cordial with his time when we've talked to him in SEC media days, and he's a great guy. But you know, it's bad when you're losing, and it's in direct conflict with the identity of who your head coach is. Arkansas's bad up front. Yeah, they've been bad up front. <laughs> Sam Pittman's an O line guy, and look, that's that's a great job. So. Uh, that's another thing where I think the buyout doesn't matter. You know, people are talking about the buyout. Um, I, I think they're going to get rid of them. I, I really do. And you know what? I would not be shocked, Bill, if Gus Malzahn came back to the SEC. Well, there's there's no question that, that a lot of Arkansas fans would love to get him back home. Uh, I'm just thinking if Arkansas is going to do it, what are they waiting for? There's no reason for them to get behind Mississippi State trying to find another coach. Well, I mean, it's uh, you look at the rest of their schedule. That's not a walk in the park either. No, um, no, it's not. I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's, it's going to happen. You know, when the, when the dominoes started falling, I thought there was a chance that, you know, it's amazing this, these things happen in threes. Typically, uh, you saw Jimbo go, then you saw Arnett go. Uh, I think Chip Kelly is going to be the next one that gets let go. Um, I think he's done at UCLA, and I think Pittman's not too far after that. Hey, this weekend, uh, I was mentioning this. Missouri has got a chance to be the least talked about 10-win team we've ever seen. I mean, because they're 8-2 and two right now after they they just pounded Tennessee last week. I, I, not, I wasn't shocked that they won, but I was shocked at how easily they won it. They've got the Gators at home this week before they go to Arkansas. They ought to finish 10-2. They should, and, you know, it's, it's not just Luther Burden. That, that's the thing. I mean, you look at Brady Cook, the, the growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past year, and, and now that two-year extension for Drinkowitz is, is looking pretty smart. And somebody said something was pretty funny the other day. He's like, man, right now, he said, we're not having to recruit him. We're just picking him. And when you get to that point, you know uh, it's it's going good. So, you know, Cody Schrader's a great story. They've got some great leadership on that team. Uh, I was more impressed with the defense, even though Joe Milton could hit the broad side of the barn in an intermediate passing game last weekend. But, you know, he tends to do that every three weeks. Yep. Uh, but, no, it's a great story. I'm really happy for Eli. I'm happy for that program, and look, we have our top ten. We're dropping on Cranny Company tomorrow. Missouri will be in it. Yeah, like I said, a lot of folks are just surprised that they're eight and two, and they uh, they should have beaten LSU. Um, all right, you you mentioned sure. Joe, Joe Milton in Tennessee. They're home against Georgia. They were really all so sky high a week ago about what this was going to be. Not the case anymore. Um, yeah. I, I just I just I'm more and more impressed by Georgia every week. 
Well, they're winning while developing. I mean, they're getting better. I mean, they didn't have a third down until the second half of the game yeah, last no. week. That's insane. And they're number one in the country in third down coming into that. Uh, they're top 15 in the country on, on defense on third down. That's how you win games. I, their offensive line, uh, you see the running game's really getting going, but the pa- pass protection's been incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't touch Carson Beck. It's almost like Dylan's drum set on Step Brothers. Uh, and listen, look, I, I think Tennessee, you'll get flashes from them. Uh, it's at home. They're a much different team at home. But that G on that helmet stands for gravity, and over time it pushes you down. Georgia's a heck of a second-half team. I don't see Tennessee being able to score enough to stop them. No, I don't either. And then, and then in a game that's sort of like uh, the disappointment bowl, because both fan bases thought, man, they're they're really going to push Georgia this year. South Carolina looking for its third straight win against a six and four Kentucky team. South Carolina trying to stay bowl eligible. Yeah, well, as bad as a matchup for Kentucky that Alabama and Georgia was, because they're good in the box against the run. That's not South Carolina. This mm-hmm. this may be one of those games where Ray Davis goes for about two fifty. The play Kentucky's one of the biggest play action teams in the conference. Uh, which which that'll open that up. Devin Leary can hit open receivers. I think Spencer Rattler will make some of those wild plays. Him and Leggett, they've got a couple other pieces. But South Carolina's so bad in the front seven on defense, I think they're going to fire Clayton White, their defensive coordinator, after this year. I like Kentucky to be able to run the ball, which limits possessions. Give me Kentucky. There will be a few coordinators that are changed around this league at the end yeah. of the year. I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be really busy. Hey, man, it, it is a fun time right now as we uh, get all the speculation about how we're going to squeeze four teams in, what happens if three are unbeaten and they're four one-loss teams and things in the uh, CFP. Most of the time, these things have taken care of themselves and we haven't really felt like they're four teams deserving. This is a different case this year. Yeah, look, I know the committee's hoping it works itself out. That, that's for I'm hoping sure. it doesn't. Uh, but, but, oh, uh, look, I'm, I'm, in the Batman universe, I'm the Joker. I'm, I'm rooting for chaos. But I'll tell you what, if another person, and we had somebody call on our show and, and ask us this today, if another person says that Alabama and Texas, if they end with one loss, Alabama should get in because they're playing better right now, I'm going to lose my mind, Bill. I'm going to legit lose yeah. my mind. Uh, did you, uh, I, haven't, but, I haven't heard that in this state. Oh, God, yeah, well, yeah. believe me. Um, it's, uh, I, I tell you what, what, what I'm interested to see, I think Florida State isn't losing. I don't think Florida right. State's going to I don't lose. either. I think Michigan State's going to beat Ohio State at home, and then they'll beat you know Mary Margaret of the Poor from the Big Ten West. So both of them will be in. What I find interesting, I think Oregon's going to beat Washington in the rematch, but I tell you what, Bill, I think Oregon State may beat Washington this weekend. At home. They're actually a Definitely favorite. one to watch out for. And if, if, let's say, Washington does run the table and Oregon beats Washington in the rematch, if Dan Lanning just doesn't pick the most drastic option every time on fourth down, I think they will beat them. And then you have Texas and Bama both finishing with one loss. I don't see a way in which Bama gets in there. I don't. I, I think it ends up being Florida State. Man, that has nothing to do with me growing up in Auburn, doing any of that stuff. I mean, I'm hard, harder on Auburn than anybody. But uh, I don't see how you put Bama in over Texas and how you would put Bama in over Oregon. I don't see it. Yeah, we were talking about it early, and I'm, I'm with you, Jake. Hey, we're out of time. Didn't even get a chance to get into basketball, which is also a lot of oh, fun. Man. You you guys do talk. Just let everybody know how they can catch uh, everything you got going and what yeah. you got coming up. Uh, we're talking everything. Listen, I know Auburn lost to Baylor, but, buddy, we're good. Mm-hmm. We're good. 
I'm so Aiden, I'm uh, I'm Aiden Holloway all day. Cannot wait to watch this kid continue to play. Uh, we didn't make bad mistakes and didn't turn the ball over a crazy amount. I thought the fouls were a little bit ticky tack, but we talk everything at Crane and Company college football, college basketball, live calls, live chat. We go in the morning, six thirty a.m. to eight a.m. live uh, Central Time. If you can't catch us, it stays on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, yep. Spotify. C-R-A-I-N and company. But, yeah, Bill, it's always fun, bud. All right, Jake. Great stuff. Uh, have a great week. Talk to you again next time. You guys as well. See ya. Jake Crane joining us as he does every Tuesday at 530 or so. We need to get to that final break of the afternoon here on The Drive. Attention large property 